Hey everyone, and thank you for joining me for the Made Motherly podcast, where you can find support and encouragement in all early stages of motherhood, from the first to the fourth trimester and beyond, into those early years of motherhood with a toddler from a faith-based perspective. My name is Brooklyn, and I am your podcast host. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Made Motherly Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. You guys, I'm so excited to be joined today by special guest, Ellen. Ellen, thank you so much for joining today. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I am so excited for you to share your story with everyone because like I say, with every single episode, I just believe that each episode, it's not just going to hit the ears of the people who need to hear it, but it's going to touch the hearts of the people who, who need to hear it. And they're going to be, you know, impacted greatly by what you have to say and share. So thank you for being willing to share your story. It's incredible. And I cannot wait for you to share it with everyone else. So let's just jump right on. So Go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you, what you do, and your family. Perfect. So I'm Ellen Rawlings. Um, I'm joined today by sweet baby Henry. Um, And I am a wife, a mom, a sister, a daughter. I am, uh, I, my careers have switched greatly in the last 10 years. I've done a lot of of different things in the last 10 or so years. Um, But currently I am a teaching assistant at the school, uh, which is attached to our church. So I spend all of my days uh, teaching little kids all about Jesus and how much he loves us. And um, just, yeah, I, I love what I do and I love I love being me. It's great. So um, no complaints from here, from me. (laughs) That is so amazing. So um, go ahead and fill us in a little bit. Um, Let's start this episode with um, just share, um, you know, the challenges that you guys have as a family that most other families probably don't have. And then um, walk us through what that looked like, even when you and your husband first met. Yes. So I am married to my husband, Michael. And uh, the unique thing about our family is that Michael is deaf. And so he cannot hear, obviously. And we are raising our kids as CODAs. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, CODA, C-O-D-A, sometimes it's spelled K-O-D-A, um, but it, it means child of deaf adult or kid of deaf adult. And uh, it's basically means that any of our children um, will be classified as CODAs because their dad is deaf. Um, And so there are special camps and and organizations and things that my kids uh, will grow up being a part of and and a culture that they'll be a part of that uh, maybe a normal, you know, person that you meet on the street every day may not know about or may not... um, may not necessarily hear about on a daily basis, but um, mm-hmm. that'll be the world that my kids grow up in. Um, we also have a 50% chance of any of our children being deaf. And mm-hmm. so there's a very strong possibility that Henry or his older brother, Philip, uh, will have a sibling who will be deaf or hard of hearing at some point in the future wow. as well. So. 
Yeah. Wow. That is, I've honestly, um, whenever you reached out, I had never even heard of the term, you know, CODAs before. So whenever you said that, I was like, what is that? It's very intriguing. And it is such a huge eye opener to, Mm -hmm. you know, things that other families, you know, what their reality is and Mm -hmm. how those children do grow up that you don't realize whenever, you know, you you're not growing up in in that kind of situation right. so it's right. so eye opening yeah so um so how did you and your husband meet and what was that like when you first met um from my perspective our first date was great from my husband's perspective i'm sure the first date was excruciating beginning because uh, you know, I'm spelling out each individual word and I knew no sign language. I knew the little that Blue's Clues, you know, used to teach. Uh-huh. Uh, please, thank you, mom and dad. Maybe half the alphabet. Um, and so he he very patiently, very kindly um, sat there and, and his form of listening, you know, listened to me and helped me and taught me along the way. And so... Um, our first date was definitely an adventure and definitely something that, um, you know, I think we look back on and we kind of laugh now, but, um, something in, in my heart, it was like God whispered to my heart in that moment and said, you know, that's him. Like, that's the one that I've, I've picked for you and I've created for you. And, and so something in me just said, I I have to learn this language because he's my future. He's, you know, my whole world and my whole life. And, and I'm just so excited to that I, I finally met him. And so I knew um, from that moment that I needed to learn how to communicate with him. <laughs> wow, that is so beautiful. I love that. Thank you. And it is always fun and you need to have a story where you're like, I think it was good. I think it was bad. And, and just laugh about yeah. it. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So how long were you guys together before you decided to add children to your family? So um, much like our first date, when I kind of knew, I think we kind of knew mm-hmm. um, collectively that we wanted to start immediately after we got married. And mm-hmm. um, we had everything set to get married and we had everything planned and paid for and invitations had gone out and we were ready to walk down the aisle in June of 2020. Mm-hmm. And so we all know what happened in 2020. And in March, when the country shut down, our wedding venue and half of our vendors said, oh, half of our vendors said, um, so we're going to cancel your wedding. And we were like, oh, we still want to get married and we still want kids. And, you know, what are we going to do? And so he and I just decided that, you know what, we don't want to wait we, the party is great, but that's not what this is about. This is about, you know, our union to each other and our promise to each other and our promises to God. And so Mm -hmm. we're just, we're just going to go to the courthouse and just do it. And we'll get the marriage blessed later on down the the line. And so that's what we did. We went to the courthouse on May the 4th. Um, We're big Star Wars fans. (laughs) And, And, um, we did it. We got married and, um, gosh, probably a couple months after that, we started trying. Um, we ran into several road bumps along the way. Um, and it was, it was tough. It was a tough mm-hmm. first year because not because 
they say the first year is tough, but just because we were trying and, and nothing was happening. And so we had started the process of looking into um, IVF or IUI. And uh, we were actually at our appointment to get our first IUI um, process, I guess, going. And um, at that appointment, they had me take a pregnancy test just as a precautionary tale. And the doctor walked in and he said, well, I have bad news. I have good news and I have great news. And we were like, okay, well, what's the bad news? And he was like, well, the bad news is we're not doing the procedure today. And I was like, what's the good news? And he was like, well, the good news is you're, you're pregnant. And the great news is you're going to see your baby. And so they did, they hooked us up to the machine and we saw that little flicker of a heartbeat and it was just the greatest. Oh my gosh. It was the most amazing moment ever. And, um, we decided then and there that we weren't going to find out the gender. Um, we were going to keep it a surprise because there are just too few surprises in life. And this is the the greatest one. Um, and so nine months later, we welcomed our first son into the world, Philip Michael. And, uh, then shortly after that, we were in the process of buying our first home and, uh, you know, the craziness of life. And I found out I was pregnant again and we were like, Holy cow. Um, we, we knew we wanted, you know, a brood, but maybe not Mm -hmm. quite this close together. And, um, they were going to be Irish twins and it was insane. And so we were so happy and we were buying this house and everything was kind of falling into place. And sadly I ended up uh, miscarrying um, that baby. And so we lost that baby at around uh, the, I want to say it was the 10 week mark. We lost that baby. Um, And so that was, that was really devastating moment for us. And, you know, Michael kind of looked at me and he said, you know, I know that we want, a huge family and I can't wait to have more babies with you, but maybe we do need to give your body a break. You know, you just had Philip and, and now this miscarriage. And so maybe this is just God telling us, you know, not, not right away, not yet, Mm -hmm. like in time, but not right now. And I said, no, I, I totally agree. You know, we'll, we'll wait things out. And I woke up two weeks later, Christmas morning And I looked at him and I said, I'm pregnant. And he said, there is no way that you could know that. There's absolutely no way that you could know that. And I said, "Um, I can't take a pregnancy test because it is too early. Like, it won't show up, but I'm telling you I'm pregnant. I feel it in my teeth. (laughs) And he said, what are you talking about? I said, I feel like the calcium is being sucked out of my teeth. I feel it. And sure enough, two weeks later, I took a test and I was pregnant with sweet Henry here. So, um, It has been a wild and crazy 18 months. <laughs> um, and it's crazy to think that I really, I've been a mom. I think I've been a mom a lot longer than 18 months over two years. Cause I believe that you start to become a mom once life is conceived, you know, um, yes. from the point of conception, but um, earth side, I've been a mom for 18 months and I have two babies and I think that that's crazy. So um, yeah, we, we knew right away and God said in my time and absolutely I will, you know, grant you all of the children that I think, you know, you are, you are destined to have. And so, so far we have two and uh, we'll see how many more God blesses us with. Oh my goodness. So how exactly how many months apart are the boys? So the boys are 15 months apart. Um, Not 
not quite to the day, but almost about a week apart, mm -hmm. uh, 15, uh -huh. 15 months apart. So, wow. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah. you obviously have, as we can see, so sweetest kids. He is so <laughs> precious. I'm like, oh, Thanks. the way he's so looking up at you. I'm like, that's so sweet. Oh my I'm goodness. getting some good. Uh, I'm getting some good sleepy smiles too. So. Oh, that is so precious. I cannot. Okay, so moving on to the next question, then, um, go ahead and share about. Um, what life really looks like. I know, you know, your children are very young, but the, the life that they're living started, you know, from the moment they were born. So what, you know, what does that really look like raising them um, with your husband being deaf? Yeah. So um, sign language is obviously a part of our home communication and our home life. Um, it definitely draws attention whenever we're at the store or um, when we're at church or uh, even in the hospital. Um, it's crazy because when Philip was born, we were teasing the hospital staff. And he said, okay, well, you know, we'll see you again next year. And uh, sure enough, we, we didn't really mean it, but we, sure enough, uh -huh. we did see them again next year. Um, <laughs> and about half the nurses came in and uh, they said, oh, we remember you guys, you're the ones who needed the interpreter. You're the ones who your husband's deaf. And I was like, oh, yeah. And they were like, oh, you, you really meant it. You we're going to see us again next year. And we were like, kind of, I guess. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we definitely are um, people that kind of stick out in a crowd just because we're, we're uh -huh. constantly moving our hands and we're constantly, you know, making big gestures and things like that. Mm -hmm. But for the kids growing up, it's definitely, um, it's definitely something where, they are learning two languages simultaneously. So for those households that are bilingual, they're going to feel um, similarly to how our kids are being raised. Um, our kids are just being raised with the added challenge that dad can't hear. And so if something happens, if something falls and breaks, or if, uh, you know, there's an emergency or, you know, someone hits someone because we know that that'll happen come, you know, the, the toddler years and, and things like that. Um, and we need dad's attention. There's special ways we have to get dad's attention. So we have to run over to daddy and tap him on the shoulder, or we have to bang our hand on the table to have dad feel the vibrations. Or if it's a full on, you know, brawl, because <laughs> I've got two boys, mm -hmm. um, we have special sensors throughout the house that flash. And so if things get too loud or if there's a noise um, that the sensor picks up, it'll flash and alert Michael so that he knows, hey, turn my attention to elsewhere in the house so that I can figure out what's going on. So um, getting teaching our kids, you know, to get daddy's attention or to make sure that daddy knows what's going on. Um, both of the boys did pass their hearing test. That doesn't mean necessarily that they won't lose their hearing later on in life or that they they could potentially be hard of hearing. We won't know that until they're a little bit older. Um, but either way, they have to learn sign language. They have to know sign language right. to communicate with dad. And so um, raising them with that just constant you know, signing. And it's, it's more than just baby sign language. It's more than just say please or say more or, you know, mm -hmm. 
what do you want? It's everything, everything that we do from the moment we get up to the moment we say bedtime prayers at night, it is, everything Mm -hmm. is in sign language. Um, And so teaching them those signs and right now, Philip, his brain is a little sponge. And so he can do a lot of the baby sign language, but he can actually, he's pretty advanced. He can do a lot of other signs. Like he does our prayers at night the parts that he knows in sign language, he does our, our prayers at night in sign language too, so that daddy can always be a part of what we're doing. So Uh, that's amazing. Oh my goodness. (laughs) That is no, that is so cool. So um, if you were going to give a piece of advice, you know, from your perspective as a mom, you know, with this, I don't, I don't, I don't want to call it a a challenge. Um, What would be the best word that you that you would use instead of challenge? Um, I mean, I think it is a challenge. I think it's a difference. So challenge yeah. is a fine word. Yeah. The, yeah. you know, this challenge that you guys face as a family, um, you know, there's other families out there dealing with the same challenge, but there's other families dealing with other challenges that, you know, that you don't know unless you're, you're there, you know? So right. what is a piece of advice that you would give to another mom or another family that is, you know, one dealing with um, this specific challenge and then maybe like a challenge in general? Sure. So I think for those moms who maybe are raising CODAs um, or who have, you know, um, deaf children or hard of hearing children or, or anything like that, I, I just think, you know, keep going, keep practicing. Um, the one thing I'll tell you is um, babies' minds, babies, you know, their toddlers, little brains, they really are sponges. And so um, my an example, Philip absolutely hates, hates being confined, um, will not stand to be confined. And so when we put him in his high chair to eat, he will sit in his high chair to eat. And then that is it. Once he's done, he wants out, he wants to run around and play. And so for him, he learned the signs for down, please in about five minutes. Like I signed it to him exactly one time. And he was like, I know this because I don't want to be in my chair. Uh I know how to sound sign down, please. Um, But when it comes to mommy and daddy, I've been signing that to him since he was born and he still cannot sign. He can say mama and daddy, Mm -hmm. but he can't sign mama and daddy. And so just having that patience and that persistence to just keep doing what you're doing and keep Mm -hmm. at it because when they want to know it and when they need to know it, they will pick it up. And sometimes it'll take five minutes and sometimes it'll take five months. Um, and it really just kind of depends on the child. So just keep going, keep persisting and they will get it. Um, and then I think in general, you know, everyone has challenges and everyone faces things that, you know, motherhood is so unique. It's so, it's such an interesting process and, and everyone's journey is their journey. And my best advice is just to keep doing what you're doing and reach out. Like, don't be afraid to reach out to other moms, to your mom, to a friend, to, you know, anyone who might possibly have been in that situation and just say, hey, like, I'm really struggling. I'm, I really, I need a shoulder. I need an ear. Um, you know, I need someone right now in my corner. Mm-hmm. And, and would you be that person? I think that that was something that I've, I've learned in the last 18 months uh, that mm-hmm. I can 
you know, go to my sisters or I can go to my mom um, and I can just say, like, this is what's going on. I just need someone to listen. And um, while they may not necessarily relate to my exact situation, um, because, you know, no one else in our family is deaf, um, I think that they can, you know, be there for me and, and, and kind of console me in those rough times or those tough times and, you know, just kind of be there for me, give me advice, do what I need to do. And, Mm -hmm. and just don't be afraid to reach out and and do that for yourself. So, yeah, no, that's such good advice. And it reminds me something that I've been like thinking about a lot lately is um, I feel like moms are almost made to feel a little bit shameful when they reach out and ask for help or if they are Mm -hmm. struggling or in a season of, you know, not thriving in motherhood and, you know, really just, you know, not feeling shame for not thriving or dealing with the challenge that you need help with. And, you know, it's, it's nothing to feel shameful about. We all have seasons where we're not like, you know, like having the best time where our kids are all listening perfectly, like all all the things. And so, you know, recognizing that there is a difference between, you know, complaining about your situation or motherhood or, or whatever it is, and just being transparent and vulnerable with someone that you know, and trust that that can help you get through the season that you're in. So that's, that's such amazing advice. But Oh my goodness, Ellen. Thank you so much for being on today's episode. Seriously, you are amazing. Your family's amazing. You're an amazing thank mom. You. Thank you thank so you. much for being on and just sharing, you know, your life and your experience with everyone. That says so much about you that you'd be willing to share that, you know, with the world. So, um if it's okay with you, um I'd like to in these show notes for this episode Um, put your Instagram username. So if anybody is out there and listening or watching and you are facing the same challenge that Ellen and her family are facing and you'd like to reach out, send her a DM, get some advice from her, um, if you would be okay with that, I can definitely do that. So again, thank you so much. And if you are watching via YouTube, please subscribe so you can be notified next time we upload a new episode. If you're listening via the podcast, go ahead and do the same. Follow so that you can be notified when we put up a new episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's and I will see you next time.